This is the OMFL. You can't touch this. And you're in the mix with kind of real name. Here's another OMFL production. Good morning, boys and girls. Welcome to Press Pass Live, your weekly podcast show for the OMFL. 
I am so glad that you guys are with us. Let me tone this way down because it is hot. Why is my mic so hot? My bad. I'm going to get it not hot here in just a second. There we go. Too, too not hot. Why is my mic so hot? I don't know what happened. That thing was blowing people out of the water, though. My bad. Um, turn that down just a little bit there. Uh, my bad if I blew you out of the water. That was not my intention. So, so, all right, all right. Welcome in my two guests. I am your host, the Commissioner Nate, and uh, got my two buddies with me here this morning. Mr. D. Wayne is making another appearance, minus one arm after a rough mad game, and Mr. Bloop, all the way down from Canada, is joining us live. Man, how you doing this morning? It's, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people's virtual experiences have been ruined uh, because of this crappy game that we play, but it kind of is what it is. Uh, I'm glad that you're both here with me this morning. Uh, let's just jump right into it and uh, get going with some fire drill. You know, give me your favorite game from the last couple of weeks. What was the one that you enjoyed seeing or a really close game that you want to talk about today? run the whole ball a whole lot, but you, you don't really expect that. They had 380, the Chiefs had 383 uh, passing yards total, and the Titans had 372, so they were obviously just going back and forth and back and forth down the field, and just, uh, in the end, it was a couple turnovers that made the difference, I think, because uh gave the Titans some short fields, and I think there's a pick six involved as well. But um, I watched the game for, I think, three out of four quarters, and until I had to play my game, and um, it was just fun to watch. Like, I mean, in some ways, it was kind of disgusting to not see any defense <laughs> out there. But uh, <laughs> that's also, exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, but also like at the same time, it's also like there's a lot of different ways the ball was getting out. Like, I think there was like a play action pass to a fullback or a second string tight end or something that the Titans hit. At one point, that was pretty cool, and um, if you just look at player stats, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards, which is actually, like, stupid. pretty much par for the course this year. Yeah, it's so um, stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, oh, yeah, so the tight end, Peter Wilk Wilkerson, had that catch I was talking about for the Titans. I don't know, it was just... It's two teams I had to scout anyways, so at least when I have to scout them out to realize that I'm doomed, um, it was a fun game to watch at least. So I enjoyed watching it, and the Titans wound up kind of pulling away in the end. I think uh, when Council 
threw some picks, but um, I think for three and a half quarters, it, or yeah, like it halfway through the third quarter, it was still a close game. It, there was one punt in this game, one, <laughs> one punt. The top rusher had 53 yards rushing. I, I just, how, oh God, how does this happen to our league? We have rules. We have things that are supposed to keep us like looking. And the game is so broken. Uh, I don't know how any of these teams are putting up those kinds of points. Uh, I put up 13 points against Priest. I, that's a different story of it's time for me to retire. But, like... I, I just don't. And the Falcons put up 41 against Houston. It's just, uh, it's uh, it's devastating to watch. All right, Mr. Uh, Mr. D. Wayne, what was your fire drill game of the week? Well, I'm kind of shocked. I didn't really see the running stats. You said who had the? They didn't have what 65 yards of leading rusher, especially with Tennessee. 53, I think. I'd say with Breida there, usually you have a lot of yards with, especially Tennessee. I think he's second in the league in rushing. Uh, but my yeah. team's a little bit Clement. different. Clement was over that, there had 14 yeah, for 55. I think Breda yeah, Breda did didn't play. Yeah. Breda, yeah, he had so no Breda carries that game. Breda has the Cohen and Hines syndrome. He likes to get hurt quite a bit. Um, my game is a little more traditional OMFL style. Uh, Rams, this week eight, Rams win 23-22 against the Cowboys. Um, honestly, nothing on this game stuck out like stat-wise. It's just, just I watched this game pretty much, I want to say, halftime on. Uh, nothing really stuck out, and I say nothing stuck out. It's just the ending that was really intriguing to me. Um, if you look at this game, the Rams had 146 yards passing, 177 yards rushing, uh, 43% on third down. They only have one turnover. Go over the Cowboys, 183 yards rushing, 130, I mean, 183 yards passing, 33 rushing, percent third down, one turnover. Hey, you just look at the stat until it's a close game. Um, the Rams stuck to what they've been doing. Gurley and Henderson combined for 167 yards, 30 carries, two touchdowns. Uh, he spread the ball around, four different players with two passes. Uh, you go over to the Cowboys. Dak had an efficient game. Uh, ball over 217 yards on 66% passing and a touchdown. Pollard stepped up even after he's traded Zeke away to the Vikings. Uh, 15 carries, 126 yards, and Gallup showing up that he doesn't need Cooper anymore. Uh, since he let him go on free agency, seven catches, 111 yards. Neither defense, um, I want to say, I'm going to say the name wrong here for the Rams, uh, Samson and Bukum, and Bukum. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe one of y'all can fix that. Nope. Uh, he had three sacks, but he's really the only noteworthy one on either side that did a whole lot. Uh, but what got me in this game, the uh, Cowboys had scored like, shoot, like 20 seconds left. Um I'm watching the game. I see kind of a glitch. I refresh the thing. The Cowboys are going for two, down by one. I was like, okay, this is maniac. Kind of went off the hinges a little bit. Uh, he misses it. They call pass interference. He gets one yard closer. Uh, I'm like, well, Cowboys are going to kick the field goal here. He's done screwed up. Almost lost it. He goes for two again. Doesn't get it. Gets uh. sacked. He does a. He, he drops back from single back. Rams run a goal line formation, which I would do at the one yard line too. Not sure why the Cowboys ran out of single back. He gets sacked before he even gets through his three-step drop. Game over. Um, mm. Especially this early in the season, Cowboys are kind of riding that 500 record. Maybe he felt like he had to go for two here to win this game. Maybe he didn't think he could stop the Rams. Uh, but I think that's a huge loss for the Cowboys early this season. He drops to three and five, uh, which in this division, in his division this year, you got the Giants at six and two, Redskins at five and three. Uh, that's a huge loss. He goes, you know, worst case, you're three, four, and one. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but the tie actually got me a. 
a second seed, I want to say, last playoffs instead of a loss. Uh, and I'm not a tie fan at all, but I'll take a tie over a loss. Uh, so this is a huge loss for the Cowboys to me. And it's just a crazy game at the end because, I mean, literally he had two chances from the two-yard line to score and to, to win this game and couldn't do it. That's crazy. Did uh, I? I didn't. I wasn't around for that game. Did Maniac say why he was going for two each time? I, honestly, I don't know if he ever said. He messaged me after the game and was talking about something, but really wasn't even wasn't a bad rant or anything. He was just talking about what happened during the game and stuff like that. And like I said, I, I maybe I should have asked him, but I guess he just felt that he couldn't stop the Rams and felt like he mm. could, you know, go for two. And that's and a tough way to win. lose it. It is. I'm going to go with the Minnesota and Denver game the same week. Denver, uh, the Broncos, Denver have like turned the corner this year, yes. and we're going to talk about them in just a minute. But um, we know how good the Vikings have been since Ross has moved over there. He's really solidified that team with some trades and playing really good football. Man, for the Broncos to come away with a win here, 27 points were scored in the fourth quarter. Um, the passing yards really belonged all the way to uh, the uh, Minnesota Vikings here, 218 to 167. Uh, oh, rushing yards, I'm sorry. The passing yards, 217 to 227. So really the Vikings offense dominated this game. Mm -hmm. You can even see in the time of possession, 22 minutes to only 17 minutes. But the Broncos were able to use a couple of big plays to stay in this one. Hunter Woodward, the third-year quarterback that was drafted a couple of years ago, not a guy that we've actually talked a lot about, but having a pretty good season here. 239 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Madden, the rookie, Tim Madden, 227, pretty good. The one touchdown, but the two interceptions really hurt him. No sacks, though, for the Denver Broncos, which is uh, just speaks to the volumes of what the Vikings have built within offensive line. Uh, Elliott, 23 rushes, 171 rushing yards. Lindsey, 16 for 167. And then Blizzard, the backup for the Vikings, 10 for 36. Five touchdowns combined between the two starting running backs in both of these teams. Um, Looking at some receiving yards, Diggs is still getting it done. I don't know how guys are just dominating with so many really good receivers. I mean, every game that we've looked at today, there's been a receiver over, you know, 150 yards, you know, 200 yards. And so Diggs, five for 123 with one touchdown on this day. Um, and then looking at the defense real quick, 11 tackles for Joey Birch. This guy has been – was Joey Birch his import? I, I think he was. I could be wrong about that, but Joey's been a really good player in this league for a long time. Daniel Hunter from LSU still getting it done for Minnesota. There were two sacks on the day and then two interceptions, one from Chubb and one from Isaac. Not even going to try that last name, so good luck with that. And this game did have something that the other two games didn't have. I didn't even get to mention it, but in your game, the Dallas and Rams game, again, one punt, at least, at least this game had three punts on the day. So at least we're seeing some punts coming from this game. But 27 points scored in the first fourth quarter. And I can't talk today. I needed to wake up a little earlier, get some coffee in my system. But um, a lot of points scored in this one. And offensive explosions are happening in this league. I mean, hell, you can even look just on the screen right here. In week eight, uh, your Patriots blue put up 30. Uh, your Colts, uh, D-Wayne with one hand, put up 51. Cincinnati put up 29. Tennessee put up 41. Washington put up 41. Just 
craziness happening on the offensive side of the ball in this league uh, unless you're in New Orleans and then you've completely forgot how to play this game all the way. All right, let's turn the corner here and talk about turning things around. This is our segment where we want to talk about a couple teams that have just kind of come out of nowhere this season. And my question really to you guys is, which of these teams make the playoffs? So I I got on that list, we got the Cardinals. Um, Now, I'm not 100% sure. Some of these teams may have snuck in playoffs last year, but they weren't dominating teams like they are this year. I'm not sure if the Cardinals made the playoffs last year, but they are really high up there at 7-2 this year. You got the Chiefs at 7-2, the Giants at 6-2, the Broncos at 6-2, um, and then you could even like if you wanted to throw in the Redskins at five and three, the Panthers at five and three, and the Vikings at five and three. So a couple of teams that have really turned the corner this year. Which of those teams stick out to you, and which of those teams do you think make the playoffs in a season? Well, I don't even know what season it is. Season ninety? Uh, is it? Are we in season ninety? What season are we are? What, what the hell's wrong with me this morning? <laughs> yeah, season ninety. Season, golly, I'm losing it today. God, it's. I need some fresh air, people. I need to get out of this freaking house. It's driving me insane. All right, Bloop, I'm throwing it to you first. Which of these teams make the playoffs in season 90? Well, I do think. I think actually quite a few of these teams are going to wind up making it. Um, I definitely have the Chiefs and the Broncos both making it in the AFC. They're both kind of pulling away from uh, the other wildcard contenders in recent games as they keep winning and only have two losses on the year. Um, then everyone else is in the NFC, and I ha- I don't know what was close for the NFC, so I just got to take a quick look. I'm pretty sure the Giants are going to make it because, you know, I think them and the Redskins can fight it out, but I think one of them is going to get a wildcard spot anyways because they're both really good teams. Uh... It's going to be hard for the Panthers to make it, in my opinion. I think the Vikings will make it, and I think the Cardinals will make it as well. And then the Seahawks, obviously. But, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of new playoff teams, I think, this year. I think a lot of these guys aren't going to be slowing down anytime soon. Uh, They got off to quick starts, especially like the Giants, the Vikings, um, and the surprising Broncos. I think... The big thing for me about uh, all these teams I think are going to make it is just the challenging the challenge of their spots isn't um, is like surprisingly like some of the teams that we thought were going to rise up haven't done so so far and they're still hovering around 500 and we're halfway through the season and you know they're running out of time quickly here so uh, you know some teams have already played nine games have four losses it's just it's just going to take a lot for the, uh, some of these guys to get past, and I just think that they're playing, especially like if you look at all these teams, they're playing so well on offense. Basically, um, it's just hard for you know when you're that good on offense, it's hard for another team to uh, you know consistently, or like it's hard for your team to fall off that much. Like I don't know, I just I just have good faith. I think offense is easier to replicate than defense right now in the league. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when I look at all these teams being offensive, I just find that their strengths are exactly where you need to be strong. 
Yeah, I, I think that, uh, that my two AFC teams on here, look, the AFC is pretty you know, steady. Um, I mean, I guess you could talk about your Patriots blue, but you've been a good player. You just had to go through a rebuild there with no quarterback, but clearly you've got that figured out. Now, I know we've got an injury that we can cry about a little, a little bit later, but the AFC is pretty steady. You know, the Jags, uh, the Miners, the Colts, the Titans, um, I'm trying to think who else of our the Steelers, of course. Um, even the Bengals have kind of turned the corner this year and started to make another run. You'll always hear from the Jets and the Ravens, the Browns, those types of teams. Um, but I do think the Broncos and Chiefs are in there this year. The Chiefs have just had so much offensive firepower cancel, and the Broncos have just figured some things out. We'll talk about Philip Lindsay in just a minute, but they've just like figured some of these things out, and it's good to see them uh, winning again with some firepower. And if I look at the NFC, um, the Cardinals are in. Now, I think they're going to battle it out with the Seahawks about who's actually going to win that division. Um, but I think that the Cardinals are going to win it. Uh, that team is solid from start to finish. Rob has built such a good team over there. They're fun. They're a lot of offensive firepower, but also some really good defensive players. Um, Pepper seems to have turned the corner. And I know he's dropped a couple of weird games here lately, but, I mean, that team is still uh, scoring 230 points, only allowed 174 points. I mean, they're playing really solid football on both sides of their team, and they're just being really effective and efficient. So I do think that they're going to be in. The team that I don't think will be in is the Panthers. I think there's just too many good teams there. I think the Redskins are going to sneak in over them. Um, you know, Smash is here in the chat already talking about how the Vikings schedule is going to get harder. they got to figure out that defense. 195 points allowed is not a good thing. Um, but that offense is super powerful, and Elliott can control the game for them. If Tim Madden can just not turn the ball over, that team's going to be really good. So I think the Vikings are in. Uh, I think the Panthers are out. I think the Redskins are in, and Cardinals are in. And I think a lot of these teams have turned the corner and will be new powerhouses. Dwayne, how do you see all of these teams playing out? Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think Blue touched on a lot of it. Uh, we'll talk about the Vikings since the Smash brought them up in the, uh, the chat. I was just looking at the record this morning. The combined record of the teams they played left is only 43%. Uh, now they do play the Panthers. They play the Giants. They play the Falcons. They're three big games they have left. But other than that, I don't think they have a game over uh, with the opponent over 500. Uh, which I, you know, that doesn't mean anything here uh, per se. Uh, but, you know, the cream does rise to the top, and, and some of these teams are, are really separating themselves. And the Vikings spent a lot of assets this season uh, reloading, picking up Ezekiel Elliott. He already has digs. He invests in Madden at quarterback. Marcus Lawrence from the Cowboys as well. So he's investing in, in, in trying to make his team and separate from that uh, NFC North, which we know has been battling back and forth and, and, and really has, has tried to find an established team in that division. Uh, I have him going the rest of the way. I think I have him going three and three on his last one game, and being ten and six in the season. And I see him winning that division. Um, you go up to the Broncos. Uh, I'll just I'll start with the AFC. I had to touch the Vikings since Smash brought him up. Uh, I look at the Broncos. I think I got them at five and three record. They play four winning teams through the rest of their schedule. They got two division games. 
I don't think they win this division. I think the Chiefs get it. I think Chiefs have just a little, a slightly easier schedule on the way out. Uh, play less teams with a winning record. I think the Chiefs get this division at 12 and four, and the Broncos are 11 and five. The Miners have kind of befuddled me a little bit. I just, I can't. I'm, I'm sure I can't speak for myself. I kind of had the Miners written in as I just think Colin. This was his division. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think he's lost two in a row. I'm not really sure what's going on in. Um, I don't even know if Sacramento. I guess that's where the Miners right now. Uh, I'm not really sure what's going on there, uh, but I kind of had him written in for this division. It's kind of shocking that he could be left out of the playoffs in general because uh, if you look at this, the AFC, you got probably one team coming out of the East, two teams coming out of the West. Uh, right now it's looking like only one team out of the North. That's kind of surprising to us. And you pro you, most likely you're going to have two teams out of the South. So that's going to leave the wild card. Births are going to be real, you know, real spare. So the North and East are just going to have one team coming out of them. And that could leave the Miners on the outs if the Broncos and, I mean, the Chiefs and Broncos keep up their winning. Um, and you go down the NFC. I got the Giants finishing out the rest of their season at 6-2 and two as well. Uh, they play four teams with the winning record. They got three division games left. Uh, he's got to hold off the Redskins because the Redskins just and I, and this is no disrespect to Pepper just just demolished him like 44 to seven I think last week. Uh, it's kind of, it was kind of crazy you know one win a one loss team getting beat like that. Uh, I'm sure it was just an off game by Pepper and 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 Denbrew, somebody you can't have an off game against. Uh, but I do see him pull out this division. Uh, like I said at 12 and four, uh, he has a, a relatively easy schedule the worst of the way out. Uh, like I said, I've already spoken about the Vikings. I go down the south to the Panthers. Uh, I have him on the bridge bridge of getting a wild card spot. I have him going the rest of the way at five and three in his last eight games. I haven't finished in the season at ten and six. The only thing with ten and six is you have a team the West is probably going to get a wild card team. The East with Denbrew, unless the Cowboys just mount a, a crazy comeback and he's pretty much got to win out to get in the playoffs. And that's crazy. Halfway through the season, he's got to win out to make the playoffs, but he he pretty much does. Uh, but it's going to come down to Redskins and Panthers, in my opinion, on who gets that last wild card spot. Like I said, unless some team just really kicks into gear and, and changes the direction of their season, it's going to come down to those two teams. And I just think the Panthers, man, they, they play uh, half their remaining games or against winning teams. They have four division games left, which that's just key. I think I have his, his schedule pulled up right here. Uh, he has the Falcons left, the Colts left, the Lions left, the Saints left, the Texans left, the Buccaneers left the Vikings. He plays the Falcons twice. If that says anything right there, he does play the Falcons twice to end the season. Um, it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I really could lock in all these teams but the Panthers just because I don't think the Panthers I, – I have them, I actually have them winning one of those two games against the Falcons. Uh, I might be called crazy for that one. Uh, but I do have him winning one of those two games. And I think if he does win one of them, he makes the playoffs, he's got to beat the Falcons and I actually have him beating me in that in, in that thing, too, of those wins. So he's got to beat the Falcons at least once, in my opinion, to make the playoffs. And that last wild card split come down to him and the Redskins. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, we're at the halfway point, and so this is where teams start to separate themselves, right? This is where some of those teams that we think have an opportunity to make a run begin to fade away, and then other teams that are going to be the powerhouses that you have to pay attention to they start to really step up. Speaking of stepping up, we want to go look at the Denver Broncos real quick. Now, they're one of those teams that have really uh, turned the corner uh, this season and, and gotten back to their winning ways, and it really has been all about Philip Lindsay. Uh, 109 carries, 982 yards, 9 rushing yards per carry, 
10 touchdowns. He's averaging 122 yards per game. Uh, he does have one fumble, but um, that's just about it. This guy has been on a tear, even on a team that has uh, Derrick Henry, which I didn't understand, and uh, a, a guy that he picked up a while back, Royce Freeman. So some really good players on this team. But uh, Lindsey has been the guy for them. The question to you guys is, does Lindsey win the OMFL rushing title this year? Dwayne, I'm going to throw it over to you. You're our uh, insider rushing expert. Does Lindsey win it all this year? It's really hard to, to bet against that. I was actually, I see you're scrolling through. I'll fix to pull up that myself. Um, if, it's big if, if, if Breida is hurt, I, I would give him this. Um, probably hands down with Hines hurt and uh, Cohen hurt. Um, I, I think you'd have to give it to him, especially I looked at his thing. He's had four huge rushes this year. Lindsey has a 100-yard rush. That would be devastating. I'm not going to lie to you, giving him a 100-yard rush. <laughs> um, but he does have like four rushes over 55 yards. He's a home run hitter. Um, I, I think he does fall under that, probably that same, that Hines, Cohen, that small back, probably quick. Um, but let's not forget that, you know, he did win MVP with uh, what's the Anderson that played for the Rams last year in the playoffs? Um, is it Mike Mike Anderson? No, CJ mm. Anderson. CJ Anderson. He won the MVP award. Was it two Maddens ago with him? So he's no he's no uh, you know he's not shy with running the ball. I think we do look at, at uh, the Broncos as a passing team, but he has had success running the ball before, and I, I think he's been looking for this 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 running back to to vest in. And I didn't like. I'm with you. I didn't know he got Henry. He must have got him for agency. I don't believe he traded for him. But uh, with Henry backing him up, he does have that lightning thunder mix. Uh, I think he gets it if he keeps winning. And that's a that's a big telltale. If you look at most teams with a lot of rushing, it, it, they're they're winning games. They're getting to run the ball most of the game. If he keeps winning games, he's gonna keep running with Lindsey. And honestly, it's the recipe. The best he's ever been here before is when he ran the ball well and he could pass. Cause we we know what he can do as a passer. Uh, all he's ever been missing is that running game, and he hasn't had a good running back since C.J. Anderson. And I think he's got his back here. And like I said, I'll give him the rushing title if Breida's hurt, and that's a big if. Yeah, I just was scrolling through some running back stats just to kind of have something going on while you were talking. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but uh, uh, Ty Gurley has 36 broken tackles, which is like 20 more than anyone else. It's just like a – cheat code um i i think that Lindsay does win it for those reasons that breda is going to be hurt for a little bit um your guy heinz is heinz gone for the season what's up with heinz see him in two weeks okay um might be a little too much to to kind of come back from but then again who knows like uh those two players if they come back in enough time breed is not that far behind breed is just a, a few yards behind but uh if the Broncos can stick to their game plan. This is where we get to that place where either teams begin to um, stick to the game plan and make a run and other teams get nervous and start to get away from their game plan. They start to do things that get them out of their element and they get themselves in trouble. So that is like the tipping point for the Broncos um, and why I think there's a really good chance he's not going to win this because – I think that he's going to get nervous. He's going to start passing the ball way more, turning the ball over, and that's going to end up hurting him. Bloop, do you think Lindsey can win the OMFL rushing title, or does he win it? Uh, I'm going to say he is going to win it, 
similar to what Dwayne's saying, like Breida's hurt. Uh, I think Melvin Gordon splits carries. He's right behind him in the standings. I don't think Gurley's, you know, Gurley's obviously a beast like you just talked about, his broken tackles, but I don't think he's going to get the workload. And also, like, the, I don't think the Rams' offense is quite as, as explosive as these other teams for him to get there. I'm just looking at the guys that are possibly contending. Dre Foster, you know, he's a really good back, but I just don't think he's going to have enough of those 150-plus yard games towards the end of the season to catch up. So, I don't know. I think he, I think Lindsey does have a really good chance to win it here. Like you say, Nate, he has to definitely stick to a running-based game plan. But so far this season, I think that's actually kind of what he's been doing. Um, and that's, like, how he's winning. Like, if you look at his uh, statistics, he's, like, the least-scoring team in the uh, AFC West. He kind of knows that he's not going to go outscore the Chiefs and the Miners uh, in an offensive showdown. So he's kind of, like, grounding and pounding it. So I think that's working out. Hopefully he sticks to that. But... I just look at the guys that are in contention and don't think that they're going to have the workload or the health like Breda to uh, to come up and pass him unless like unless he just goes really really bad for a couple weeks. Yep. Um, oops. This is uh this is what happens when you don't have a studio and you start knocking things off of the table. Um, let's. This one kind of got messed up uh, on us just a little bit because we had a game that we were going to talk about, and uh, that game got actually played as soon as we advanced, so we didn't get to really talk about. We were going to talk about the Chiefs and the Miners, and I think, lucky for Colin, uh, we're not going to have to talk about that game because it looks like that one uh, got away from uh, the Miners pretty bad. It's a 42-21 victory for the Chiefs. But what is the next big game that you guys are excited? It doesn't necessarily have to be in Week 10, but what's the next big game that you can't wait to see happen? Uh, I'll, I'll take this and run off handy in Week 10. and I would like, I'm interested to see if without – RIP, I'm sorry. Without McAllister at the Patriots, does he keep his undefeated streak up against the Bengals this week? Uh, we know the Bengals are going to come in. They're going to score a lot of points. Uh, but the same thing, he does give up a lot of points as well. Blue has one of the best defenses in the OMFL. I think there's only like five teams that give up less than 21 points a game, and he's one of them. Uh, he gives up you know, less than 80 yards a game rushing. Uh, if you go over the Bengals, they average almost 230 yards passing, 110 yards rushing. A lot of those rushing yards came against my Colts, just so y'all know. Um, <laughs> he and, he and uh, if you look at the Bengals' third down percentage, he only converts third downs at 48% compared to 60% for the Patriots. Uh, was it Daddy Leagues has a predicted score at 29-25? It'd be real interesting to see this one. I, I, since he's really kind of confused me a little bit, he did have a rough, rough stretch of games. Uh, where I mean, he just played the top, top, and it, it's he's here, uh, and he only came out four and four. Uh, he did have Hopkins. He's probably the biggest, you know, off-season acquisition of anybody. He got Hopkins, took him away from uh, the dark side, and brought him to put him in those uh, Bengal colors. Uh, it ought to be interesting to see here. It would be interesting to see how the Patriots, you know, react with McAllister being out. Uh, he was on a, a record pace season. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who he puts in a quarterback, and I'm sure Blue can touch on that a little bit, and who he puts in a quarterback if the offense changes any, because I'm sure the defense doesn't change. The Bengals are going to attack this really good defense. Uh, it ought to be interesting to see if that undefeated record stands after this game. Blue, do you have a, a rebuttal? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, you can say this, like, as long as I 
like if I happen to win this, you could say this about like my next I think five games I play against the Bengals, who are obviously really good. Then I think the Giants, the uh, Broncos, the Chiefs, and the Titans are like my next five games. So I have a really interesting stretch here without my quarterback. But just for the Bengals game, like actually me and Cincy were talking last night about it. Like uh, both of us kind of like our entire offense is based through our quarterback play. I think for me. I have faith that I can do it with a lesser quarterback, maybe not to the same degree like like McAllister was bre- potentially breaking records, but um, you know I think I could be efficient still. But you know he has Ryan Colt and like you say all those high talented wide receivers, uh, Travis Kelsey. You know his offense is really good, so it's going to be tough um, with a McAllister. But we'll see. I mean I I have faith. I have a belief in Madden where. I mean, I have confidence going into the game at least, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I do think, without McAllister, I'm definitely uh, not, not, not the favorite for this one. Yep. I um, mean, not having your quarterback makes it tough. What game are you looking forward to coming up? Yeah, mine will be next, next week, uh, week eleven. We got the uh, Falcons and the Titans playing head to head. There's almost really, really no explanation needed. These are probably the top two teams in the league at the moment. Um, Breida will be out, so that's going to hurt the Titans a little bit over the high-power offense that they're that they've been showing this year. Uh, you know, they've really stepped up this season. They're seven and one, I think, on the Daddy League's power rankings, which doesn't really mean a whole lot, but they're the number one team. Then the Falcons on the other side. Uh, they got a shut down pass defense. We all know that. Um, but it would have, and it sucks that Breida's out because it would have been nice to see what exactly Breida does against that defense. Because um, Mo just, and Mo and Breida just run a different way than I think a lot of people do in the league. Like, they just attack you in a different form and it would stress out the Falcons' defense, I think. But it still should be a good game. Uh, Mariota's playing well this year. He has lots of talent on defense as well with the Titans and then the Falcons, well, you know, they're just really good. So I think that's an exciting <laughs> game to see exactly. Like right now I put the Titans as the number one AFC team, but it would be nice to see exactly how they stack up against uh, a team like the Falcons. Uh, yeah, I, look, the Falcons are back. They, I think they were missing for the first couple of games or something. But, look, that team is is yeah it's amazing how quiet they've been because a lot of attention has been on these new teams but they're again dominating like uh, they always do and and until someone uh, you know cuts the head off of that snake uh, it's going to continue to rain in this league um i like the giants and the cowboys game in week 10 i think um look maniac lost a tough one against the the rams clearly um i see peppers in here he is playing really good football i think to me the most balanced team in the OMFL this year that's just playing good, solid OMFL football on both sides of the ball. He's got a good running game, good passing game, really, really good defense. And so this will be um, like just an old-fashioned, kind of like that game was when you, you watched, uh, I think it was Dwayne said that you watched the Rams and the Cowboys. It was just like a good old-fashioned OMFL game. I think this is going to be very similar. If like two teams, the Cowboys have – dealt away a lot of their you know 
base talent that, that that team was built around, but they've really rebuilt things in a solid way, and now they're going to be facing the Giants in a, a pivotal matchup between these two teams. And I think a matchup that will go a long way to speaking of who makes the playoffs and who can actually make a run here and who might have to turn their attention to a wild card. Of course we know the Redskins are right there. They're fighting at it, and this is going to be a race. But, look, the Cowboys can – Insert name here if they can come away with a victory here at home against the Giants. It should be a really good one. A couple of the other games that people um, can't wait to see is the Giants can't wait to play the Patriots undefeated. Um, Bill can't wait for the Seahawks and Cardinals game in Week 11, which is going to be another really good one. A lot like that Giants and um, Cowboys game, that Cardinals and Seahawks game will be very pivotal about who's going to win that division, who's going to continue to just kind of run away with it, and who might have to turn their attention to a wild card spot. So definitely some good games coming up here in the next couple of weeks, and um, it'll be interesting to see exactly you know how this one plays out all the way. All right, time to turn our attention to some mailbag questions. Of course, we know uh, the Safari is terribly slow on PlayStation, so I'm trying to get this to load up real quick. Um, and then we'll get over to it. But uh, this came out kind of late, so I'm not sure what mailbag questions we'll have. But it sounds like maybe our buddy, maybe our buddy Bloop, uh, he he put some in. Yeah, it does no, look I, like we've got. I just read them. <laughs> uh-huh. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, Safari, play along. Play. It doesn't play nice. Come on, PlayStation, fix your Safari. Um, Oh, here we go. Uh, yep, the Ross was last week. So here we go. Jake McAllister, this is coming from Cincy Bird. Jake McAllister is out eight weeks for the Patriots. Do they still win the division? Yes, they're going to win this division. The Patriots are a solid team. He will get things figured out and learn how to play. Um, they'll be just fine. He, he may have to, uh, you know, sneak into the playoffs as a division winner with not uh, an amazing record, but McAllister will be back, and he'll be one of those teams that uh, will make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, Bloop, you get to go last on this one. So, D. Wayne, mm-hmm. do they make it even without Jake McAllister? Yeah, I believe so. Um, if you just look, I think they're – what is it? They're, the, the Dolphins are 4-4. They're 8-0, 4-0 in the division. Um, Bloop, you can tell me right offhand, have you beat the Dolphins – Already this season, yeah. Oh, of course, I didn't know if y'all played or not, but yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so you're pretty much right there. He's. I looked at his schedule. He's got the Titans left, the Broncos left, Cowboys left, Giants, Chiefs, Bills, and Dolphins. Uh, he's really only got a. I think he can win. What's that? He, I think at least I'm gonna say 11 and five, right offhand, and I think that just wins in the division. Like I said, uh, I think he gets gets this division clinched. I think he kind of sets a little bit of cruise control. Just depends where he's at. Uh, if he can get that number one seed, I don't see him going cruise control. Depends how long. Is it, you said McAllister's out to at least the playoffs? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I can see him getting there and, and then trying to maybe go in cruise control, keep everybody healthy unless he's playing for that one, two seed. And, but I do think it's, I would say, 99% sure. He just, he would have to fall apart. But as good as his defense is, I don't see him losing, you know, more than a couple games to end this season. Uh, the defense should help him, you know, kind of walk into the playoffs. All right, Bloop, set the record straight. What's going to happen right. with your team? 
I, you know, I'm going to lose a bunch of games in the next couple weeks, but I think with my eight remaining games, I think I can win three of them. Um, just, you know, based off defense and, you know, I think, I, like I was saying uh, a couple of minutes ago, like I have just enough belief that my receivers are good enough and I have decent enough quarterback play that, you know, I'm still going to be able to put up some points. So I think I'll be able to win at least three of my remaining eight games, get myself to 11-5 and five, like D-Wayne said, and I think that should be enough. Um, I have like pretty much all the tiebreakers at the moment and... Um, yeah, I don't think, like, you know, it's obviously I'm not going to keep running. Like, I mean, no, right now I'm not going to keep that kind of record up. But I think uh, I think I've improved my defense enough to help me win a couple of games here. All right, let's move on to Denver. He always has really good questions for us. He says, good morning. What will happen first, Patriots loss or the Buccaneers win? I'm going to say the Buccaneers win because they play the Saints this week, and I am poo-poo. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to lose because I'm going to lose one of my next two games for sure. Probably, I'm probably going to lose this week. So I will go with <clears> – <throat> I hate to – I'm not trying to say hope Luke loses, but I do <laughs> think he has a better chance at losing against the Bengals this week than the Bucks do beating the Saints. Yeah. I think you see an angry Saints team this week. And I also see you see a Cincy team that's trying to make a statement, and Cincy knows mm -hmm. he can make a statement if he if he knocks off the eight and zero Patriots. Uh, he's already thinking about it, as you see by his question in the thing this morning, so he's already prepping for the Patriots. <laughs> question for Dwayne, uh, and I'm interested in this one. You're the running back whisperer. Traymond Smith averages four ish yards a carry in his first four seasons season five arrives in indy and now he's 7.8 yards per carry can you give some common folks a little insight of why the sudden spike in production uh it's just a different scheme than the, the chiefs run the chiefs didn't really feature him as a feature back he was more of a third down back for them uh, he does have a quite a few long runs he is he is a one yard one yard one yard 50 yard runner and he's just got loose on some runs this year. Uh, he will probably take a back seat here pretty quick. Hines comes back this week. Uh, he'll slowly get brought in and uh, get brought out as a backup plan for Hines. Uh, but it's really nothing. It's just he just gets long runs. Uh, he's he's he broke around. I ran outside with him a little bit more since I got Fournette to run inside. Uh, but like that, he just uh, he just. Like I said, it's, it's more of a flash in the pan. He's just getting more touches, more consistency, and I think he gets more of a groove. Yep, I wish uh, you would share the real secrets because you are clearly the running back whisperer around here. Number three, this is a good one. If you had to work in an exotic animal park for the summer, which one would you choose? Joe Exotic, Doc Antle, or Carolyn Effin Baskins? This is not even a real question for me, Doc Antle. I mean, like, how how could you not want to go work there? I go ahead, Blue. I never watched it. I was going to say, I've, I've watched you, like three episodes oh, just enough to know who they are. Bloop. Uh, how have you not I've, watched this? I'm a, I'm a Netflix hipster. If everyone watches something, I, ha I never watch it. So every time oh, I no. Happens, I just, I just no, don't Blue. Do it. You have to. You have to go watch this show. It is. I, I don't know how D. Wayne only watched three. If you watch one, you have to watch them all, and you have to watch them all back to back. 
Oh my gosh, you, you got to watch this one. All right, D1, you've seen enough to know which one are you working at for the summer? Uh, well, like I said, I, I couldn't tell you enough. I watched it while I was sitting there with Jana. She watched the whole series. Um, I, 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 I know for sure not Carol. Let's just say that. I know not her. Uh, I don't want to be fed to a tiger, so I guess it had to be the, one of the other two. Oh my gosh, that's a weak answer from you too. I, I expect better. All right, next week that's that's what we're starting the show with. Um, Gabe right. says there are quite a few trades at the deadline this year. Can you talk about how those trades may help or hurt the teams involved? I got to be honest, I, I don't keep up with trades. Um, it's just they're too many for me to keep up with, and no one ever trades with me. I've learned in this league, you have to like pick. A person that you want and then you just have to annoy the hell out of them yes. until they they just fold and give them to you um which sucks i wish that it wasn't like that but i don't have that kind of time i, I just I, i'm too involved and i'm doing too many things and so um yeah my trades never go further than hey i've got this guy I, i'm interested in what you've got let me know what you think and no one ever lets me know what they think and so i never get to do any trades around here um, but any trades that stick out to you two guys, of course the one that sticks out to me is Elliot, and I, I think right. it's a game changer. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to keep my, gather myself to not go on a Madden rant. This game's broke. I don't care what anybody says. I, again, I've said it time and time again, this was the best game I'd ever touched in July, and it is... It, it's Madden 18 and 19 for me again uh, here in, in April. So um, I think the run is super overpowered for a lot of teams, uh, unless you're mine and you're built to run the ball. Then for some reason you can't run the ball. Um, but you get a game that's built for the run, you get an offense that's built for the run, and you give him one of the top running backs in the league, mm, that's a, it's a tough mixture to defend. So I think that's the biggest one that really stuck out to me um, the Vikings going out and getting Elliott, and that's really going to set up well for his team. Um, Bloop, any stick out to you? Uh, for me, well, the one of the more interesting ones to me was the uh, Clowney trade. I just got to pull it back up here. I was looking through the other ones. Um, so the Texans sent Clowney uh, a second and a fourth to the Rams for outside linebacker Bobby Oak I don't know whatever and a first round pick um, and I just think adding Clowney to a defensive line that already had Aaron Donald and I think a really good drafted defensive tackle is just a really big move for one of the top defensive teams like the Rams are um, I don't know if this season necessarily it's going to pay off because I think they're in a very tough division and uh, they're going to need more than just Clowney. But I think going forward, like having Clowney and Donald, like Clowney's ability in the game is uh, like a per that perimeter where like if he's in the area, like the quarterback misthrows things. And then having Donald obviously destroying through the line, like that's just going to be a deadly combination for the rest of the cycle. Um, like I said, I don't think it's going to quite pay off this season because I, uh, I think the Cardinals and the uh, Seahawks are just – too good this year, but I think uh, when you give Bill a little bit more time to kind of add add on to the rest of that team, I think that's going to be a, a trade that we look back on and just going to be like, wow, that's that was huge. 
Yeah, I was kind of surprised the Texans gave up Clowney, honestly. Uh, I played him just the week before, and Clowney was kind of the only defensive guy that just, like, you know, made a, a flash in the pan, per se, that, that I could notice on that defense. Uh, but I understand the Texans on that a little bit. Hey, man, he's had a really rough season. He had a really rough team to build when he went over there. Um, they were kind of yeah. built to win now, per se, and not last very long. So he's kind of having to restructure that. And that kind of what that kind of happens when you switch teams mid-cycle. Uh, I had two trades I was going to talk about. Uh, one of them I won't talk much about because I don't want to just blow Nate over, over there. Uh, but then I'll go to the Chiefs and Lions. The Chiefs send in Mike Hughes in a first-round pick for Darius Slay in a third-round pick. <laughs> um, I do think. Can we just pause? Can we just pause? Please don't blow me. I don't know. I, that was, <laughs> I didn't sign up for that this morning. <laughs> uh, now you don't. You don't. You don't blew my mind, Nate. Um, <laughs> I do think this is the Chiefs' move to try to win. Now they're number one in that division right now. They get Darius Slay. They still get a pick for this this loaded draft site class. We're probably fixing to see. That's crazy, man. And the Lions I've seen that get. Trade. A first-round pick in Mike Hughes. I don't know much about Mike Hughes. I think he's kind of around the same age as Darius Slay, kind of that early 30-year-old uh, player. Uh, that's and who is that up. with again? Uh, Massimo and oh, yeah, Kelly, yeah. I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this was a good trade for Massimo to me. you got a game-changer. You you did lose your first-round yeah. pick. You pretty much just traded a lesser cornerback for a better one. And you dropped two rounds back. But if you're trying to win now, you're not looking. You know, I can speak from Spencer. You're not looking at that first round. He wants to win now. He's had the Chiefs. He's had a team that, in my opinion, should have been winning this whole cycle. And he did some crazy stuff with that team to make it his own. Uh, and the other trade, I'm just going to throw some DBL out there, trading Thielen to the Falcons for a first-round pick. Yeah. I know he likes that first-round pick. It's going to be 32nd or whatever. Uh, but you just gave Thielen, and he'll turn Thielen into an all I don't know what he's, Thielen's did with him. Uh, but you had a chance to be the bigger man at DBL, and you didn't do it. <laughs> I don't understand these this love affair for first-round picks, um, especially in this draft where they can't be imports. Uh, this draft will be a little bit more powerful than the, the normal Madden drafts that we do, but... I just don't get the love affair for first-round draft picks. Um, it's it's very confusing to me. I'm with you. I, Bill gives me this one. <laughs> Hi, Nate. First time, long time. Last week at the trade deadline, the Chiefs went... Oh, God. I knew this was going to come up. When Aileen, uh went all-in and traded... Oh, I don't think... Is all-in one word? I don't think so, Bill. <laughs> Maybe it is. And I'm, I'm terrible at grammar. Um and trade it for a cornerback Darius Slay from the Lions to pair with cornerback Denzel Ward. The Chiefs offense has always been explosive, but now they have a defense good enough to win the AFC West and compete for an OMFL championship. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Bill, I'm proud of you. You had an opportunity to take a shot, and you didn't <laughs> take it, and that makes me very proud of you. That's growth. Good job. Oh, he was thinking it the whole time. So for you, those of you at home, boys and girls, who don't know the story, uh, Bill had worked out a trade with the Lions. Uh, they went to process the trade, and because Bill had played, the Lions had not played. It wouldn't process the Lions then thought that they wouldn't be able to trade with the Rams and went shopping Darius Slay, who he was not shopping before, and ended up making a deal with the Chiefs. The Rams lost out. So that's growth, Bill. Good job. Um, I do not think it's enough. I, I think, um, look, he's got a great offense. I don't love his quarterback. I know his quarterback's playing good football, but 
when you get into the playoffs, I don't think he can win. I think his style doesn't set up to win. And when you play teams like the Colts, like the Jets, like the Patriots, these really, really good defenses, um, I just don't think that the Chiefs are actually set up to win. Uh, I know that Massimo has won here before. I know he's been a really good player here before. Um, but I don't think that trading for Slay is going to put him over the hump. But it sure in the hell doesn't hurt. What do you guys think about the Darius Slay situation? Well, I'll touch on it real quick since I just just talked about it. Like I said, I think it's all in move on Massimo's part. Uh, Massimo, I think the last time I won an OMFL Bowl was against Massimo when he was the Cowboys. Uh, Massimo, Massimo I, he made a run with that Cowboys team. That was the infamous Falcons tank year. Somebody had taken advantage of the Falcons tanking that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a good move. I'm kind of with you. I don't think it's enough. Especially in the AFC, a lot of these AFC teams want to run the ball and attempt. I, I say attempt to play defense because my team attempts. I do try. We just don't have it. Uh, <laughs> want to play defense and run the ball, um, and that that cornerback's just not much. But now, in Massimo's point of view, he's a pass guru. He wants to pass the ball, and I can see him bringing that cornerback in because he wants to shut down the opposing team's passing. And it will work against certain teams. You look at like the Cincinnati's, uh, even the Broncos. Uh, they both want to pass the ball, and picking up Slay just help him get better. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't know if it's enough. Yeah, I'm on the same same side as uh, you guys both. Um, uh, I like I've, I watched the first game with Slay on the lineup, and you know, I, I just think that you know, there's just a lot of other holes in that defense, and you know, Slay makes up for a little bit of it, but like. Dwayne said, "Like there's lots of rushing teams. There's uh, lots of like, I don't know, good tight ends or you know slot receivers that can take still take advantage of that defense. And I think the biggest thing is like for, to, for the run is just I just don't know if um, their offense is going to be able to dominate the way that they are against the other contenders in the league. Yeah, it's a good move, uh, but I just don't think it's going to quite work out." I think we're all on the, on the same page on that one. Let's go to D. Wayne's questions. He says, "This is the is this the best group of quarterbacks that we've seen in the LMFL? We currently have four quarterbacks that have a quarterback rating of 130 or above. Uh, I think the quick answer is it's up there. I don't know that it's the best way back in like Madden 10. Um, they, those were those predetermined draft classes. Uh, they had some really good quarterbacks coming out of that one, and I had one. His name was Jack English. He was that was back when Madden did the draft classes that um, uh, that were like uh, types and shadows of Hall of Fame players, and Jack English was the type and shadow of uh, of um, Elway. Um, and so uh, that those draft classes, that Madden thing was like Madden ten, uh, some somewhere in there. Uh, maybe not. I, I forget exactly. Maybe somewhere between Madden seven and ten, um, they, those were some really, really good, good quarterbacks that were putting up tons of yards. I don't. And for me, I don't even know if it is. Are these the quarterbacks, or is it just the game has changed? And and that's the big question. It just look, we all have bad seasons, and maybe I'm just having a bad season. But it just feels like I'm playing a completely different game that I've never played for before, and I can't figure it out and people are putting up offensive numbers like crazy and running and just doing some crazy numbers that clearly I can't figure out I'm averaging like 18 points a game or something stupid like that so 
I think they're up there. I think there's some really good ones, um, but I think it also speaks to um, just a flawed game right now. Luke, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know a whole lot about the history of the OMFL, so like much like I I've like read the Hall of Fame and stuff. But I haven't been around very long, obviously, but um, I think the quarterback group is good. Like really good, but I also see like a lot of these quarterbacks are uh, um they're not the guys that are uh, dominating the league. Uh, like the top quarterbacks aren't dominating the league. Like I think the best quarterbacks are Colt, who is doing good, Worthington on the Packers, um, you know, and then obviously there's like Patrick Mahomes who's struggling. I don't know if we're uh, t- meaning that in the question but uh you know i think it's a really good group and i do think like uh i don't know i think i think one of the big things like it just my in my opinion is like receiver play is kind of the driving force behind it all so uh you see the top the teams with the top receivers are the teams that have the uh top quarterbacks i think in my opinion like tyree kill oh or like my uh, the Cardinals have two top receivers, Isabella and Kirk, or DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You know, the best quarterbacks right now are the guys that have the best receivers. So the quarterbacks are really good, but I think the receiving core is the is the key in my opinion, anyways. Yeah, I think that um, there's some good ones, but D. Wayne, you posted this question is. Do you think this is the, some of the best quarterback play that we've seen in your time here? You've been here for a while now. I I, I was going more toward, I guess, efficiency. I do think this is an elite group of user users behind the quarterback. You look at McAllister is, is you know, before his injury, 75% completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, 6 picks. He has 140 QB rating. I can't remember last time I seen someone this deep that had 140 QB rating. Uh, you go to council, he's throwing 67% completion percentage, which is Hill, you know, Hill aided. Because I don't think McAllister has a Tyreek Hill. I could be wrong. He don't have nobody like that. That you know, that guy that could, is just unstoppable. Yeah, um, not quite. Uh, he 31 touchdowns, eight picks, and he go to this one's just is really crazy. And I noticed it a couple weeks ago. Uh, as Kyler Murray's is 80, almost 81% completion percentage, and he does have two of the best receivers in the league. But he is averaging 12 yards a catch. It's not checkdowns. At least the guys are taking off after checkdowns. If it is, 18. Just guys like that. Just crazy efficient passing. You're talking about 75, 80% passing. That's just crazy efficiency. No, nope, I agree with you. Um, your next question, Titans running back Matt Breida is the most underrated running back in the OMFL. Uh, in this current cycle, he has 796 carries, 5,971 yards, 63 touchdowns, 7.5 yards a touch through four and a half seasons so far. Uh, no, sir. Uh, I know what you're trying to do there, trying to get the attention off of your guy, but uh, absolutely uh, not underrated. Um, it's just he plays in the same division, in the same league as um, as your guy, uh, whose name is slipping my brain all of a sudden. Who's your guy? Hines, yeah, that's it. Um, Breed is very good, and I think everyone knows how good he is. But, you know, if you put up 2,000 yards, but the 
next guy puts up 2,500 yards, it's kind of hard for you to brag about how good of a season that you've had because technically you didn't have a, as good a season as the other guy did. So I think it just makes it really, really, really tough uh, overall. Um, but I don't think that he's underrated by any stretch of the means. W- what do you think, Bloop? Do you think Hines is underrated in this league? Uh, I don't know. Maybe some guys underrate him, but I'm definitely the wrong guy to ask because I'm pretty sure I talk about him almost every time I'm on the show. So uh, I definitely don't underrate uh, Brita. I think he's probably the, been the second best uh, running back overall, one healthy in the league uh, since Madden 20 started, probably right behind Hines. But he does. The only thing for him is he misses time, or else his numbers would be very close to Hines. So I don't think he's. I don't think he's Didn't uh, he come from somebody else? Yeah, he started on the 49ers. <laughs> That's what yes. I thought. I thought he was on the 49ers. Yeah. And, you know, I think maybe some guys probably don't pay attention because he does get hurt, so his name never seems to be at the top, in the top, like, three running backs at the end of the year because he misses, like, four games a season. But I think um, for the guys that do pay attention, like, we, like, I pay a lot of attention to guys like Rita who are blowing up the league and who I definitely got to pay attention to if I ever play against but uh, I don't think he goes underrated in that cir- in those circles I'd love to see that trade I don't even remember that, that I it think was, that happened in season it one was, it was a running back for running back I can't, it mm. was Dawson Dawson did the trade it was like first season, yep. I, think, second I, season. I remember it was Dawson was it for uh, uh, Henry nope mm, no I can pull it up I can find it what made you ask this question? Do you uh, feel like I, he's just not talked enough about? Yeah, I don't. I don't see his name. Like, I, you know, Hines gets gets it going up, and I sure like to sweep that on the rug. Uh, but there's other running backs. You know, even Henry gets brought up in my opinion a lot compared to Breed, and that just could be just because you know the whole Henry playoff run. Henry gets brought up. You know, Zeke gets talked about, especially when he's with the Cowboys. He got talked about a lot. Uh, but Breed is somebody to me who is. Uh, you know, people say Hines changes the game. He, Breida just changes the game when he touches the ball. He can score every time he touches it. And I think he uses him in the passing game. I know I didn't put passing stats on there with him, or receiving stats. But to me, he's the most well-rounded running back in the game. Way more well-rounded than Hines is because I, I don't yeah. get Hines in the receiving game very often. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. Last question. Uh, it's funny. The mailbag always slows us down. I was like, oh, man, we're doing pretty good. We've only like 40 minutes deep. This is going to be a nice, tight, clean, fast show. And then we get to mailbag and we get derailed. Uh, the Vikings quarterback, Tim Madden, arguably one of the most hyped Madden-generated prospects in recent history, lived up to expectations. 1,903 yards, 68%, 12 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 105.7 quarterback rating. I would say he's not having a bad season for a rookie. I don't – I – look, I guess it wasn't talked about a ton because he went to Priest, but that quarterback that Priest ha- has is stupid. Like, um, like, I love Priest, and I know this is going to sound like a shot, but, like, Priest throws 50 interceptions a game to people and then comes out and just completely – like, his quarterback tosses, like, 400 yards, three touchdowns, like, misses two passes the whole game, just plays like a Hall of Famer. Like, that kid is stupid good. And to me, is was was the most promising quarterback prospect I've almost ever seen come out of the OMFL, definitely come out of the OMFL in the last, you know, two, three Maddens. Um, 
So I never really bought into the Tim Madden hype. Uh, and I think he also doesn't go to um, a system that sets up well for him, right? Like this is going to be a running first team and um, passing is going to be secondary for him. He's going to pass, you know, enough to keep himself uh, 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 FPR and keep himself balanced. But like he's going to be a guy that just runs the ball and that is what establishes his game. But even with that said, that he's still passing for 68%. He still has more touchdowns than interceptions. Um, he's going to break, you know, 3,000 yards pretty easily, um, if not 4,000 yards. So that's not a bad season for a rookie quarterback. I th- so I think he's really good. Um, I just don't think he's, like, the best young quarterback out there. Yeah, I think for his draft class, I think he's definitely uh, – he definitely, like, lived up to the hype. Um, sorry. I just the button on my computer. Um <laughs> He's definitely lived up to the hype for his draft class, but like, uh, and you know, I think he's gonna get get a lot better as things go on because I think uh, Ross is probably gonna try to build something around him. Right now, I don't think he has a great receiving core, uh, if I am thinking correctly. Um, but yeah, he doesn't play in a system that's gonna actually afford him a ton of uh, extra stats. But yeah. you know, he's also gonna still throw for probably 3,800 yards this season and, you know, a pretty good uh, touchdown to interception ratio. So I think he's a really good quarterback. He might not quite be Worthington, but I think he's, like, on the same level as, like, Ryan Colt or uh, Mm, um, Hunter Woodyard or something like that. So I think, you know, I think definitely the Vikings made the right right pick of that spot when when he fell to them, and I think uh, a couple other teams are probably kicking themselves that they never went and got him, but... Um, yeah, he's, I mean, I'd love to have him, like, 90, I think he has 96 throw power or 95 throw power. Yeah, 96. Yeah, that's just, you don't get that very often right out of the draft. Usually you got to build that up. So that's, uh, I think it's a guy we're going to see probably next season um, with the, because I think we're going to have a pretty deep wide receiver draft, just like with uh, what's coming up. But I think we're going to see, him kind of come onto the scene even more next year and you know I, I would say that regardless of what team um, uh, Ross winds up being like he should consider bringing this guy in as an import because that's going to yeah. be uh, that's going to be an, uh, an arm that you're not going to be able to easily replicate ever again Yeah, I was just curious, you know, it, the whole tank for Tua thing was it was tank for Madden last cycle Everybody talked about Tim Madden going first overall. He's named after Madden. He's going to be great. Uh, he dropped his sixth pick overall with the Vikings. Like you said, went to a, went to a team that would prefer to run the ball majority of the time. Um, and I'm with Bloop. He'll be on his. He'll be going into possibly third season if he's an import. Uh, it's that next cycle if you get a cheap quarterback for two. And I also did look up that 49ers trade, Matt Breida and a second round pick for Rashad Evans and Deion Lewis. Now that you look back mm. on it, it was a pretty pretty lopsided trade. Mm. <laughs> yep, uh, I'll take that uh, every day and twice on Sundays. Um, that's going to bring us to the end of our show here. So I'm going to let you guys put a bow on it, and I'm going to talk about some partners and then get us off to, to our Saturday. So, Dwayne, go ahead and put a, a bow on the show for me. Uh, I think it's going to be it's rounding out to be a really good season. I think we're going to see some surprises this year, but I think a lot of people were really hoping for some uh, – some parody 
and I think you'll see a little more of it this season. Um, I know that Nate would love to see a lot more defense in this league, uh, but I, I don't think it's not from uh, effort's not there. I just, like you said, I just, maybe it's just the Madden. I think Madden means well with their updates, but I think they just get everything so crazy. Uh, I wish maybe if Luke teaches me how to play defense, I'll teach him to run the ball. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I sure need trade. help on it. Yeah, I, think so. I, mean, I sure need help. I've given up. I think I'm. I think next guy pulled up here. I'm getting up 30 points a game. It's ridiculous. Can y'all help the commish out here? I mean, like, I could use some help in both of those areas. So. You all right. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, we got to do what I did and replace your entire team in one off season and hope for the best. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Bloop take over now. I'll let Bloop. All right. I just want to say, you know, I was undefeated when McAllister went down, so anything that happens after this point doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but, no, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I've said for quite a while that I don't think quarterback play is the most important, like like your actual quarterback is the most important part of an offense. I think receivers are really important. I think uh, the scheme's really important. And, you know, unpredictable play calling is important. So I guess now i got a chance to prove that against the toughest stretch of games I've probably played the entire cycle. So I'm excited for the opportunity to do some crazy stuff, but probably just get killed for five straight weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm done. I've been done. Matter of fact, I just realized, Bill, if you're still on here, you're posting these stupid blogs wrong, man. It's, it's not complicated, friends. Exclamation mark, how blog. It will walk you step by step on how to do these. I, it's such a pain to go and have to fix all of these, which I now have to do, Bill. Just kidding. Please don't come kill me, Bill. Bill scares me. Um, I, I am so much of me wants to just turn on tank mode, but I can't. If this tanking is speaks, ugh, I can I could never do it. But uh, I'm done. I am so done with this Madden. Uh, I'm just just done. Um, I can't figure it out. I, I've if you look at my team and look how I built it, like there's no reason that I shouldn't be a team that can run the ball really well and be effective on offense and have a pretty good defense. And um, it, it has went all off rails. And I have been mm, uh, greatly disappointed in FPR in this league. Uh, it, has, um, it has hurt my soul how bad it's been. Uh, guys are at that time of the Madden where they've figured out what works, what doesn't work. And they're doing all the stuff that does work and none of the stuff that doesn't, which means you're playing the same game every week. Um, it's cover one, it's cover three, it's blitz, uh, it's, it's, you know, uh, stretch plays, it's, it's you know, uh, crossing routes. It's, it's just, it's the same-o, same-o. Um, and it's, it's a little bit disappointing that's the same-o, the same-o and, and um, hopefully... Yeah, hopefully we can continue to, to clean it up, right, and, and be better and, and play better because um, we're a better league than, than some of the gameplay that we've seen here. All right, now that I've got off my FPR rant and my Bill posting blogs wrong rant, uh, let me cover a couple of our partners here. I'm going to make this quick because the wife is hovering around me somewhere, so that's my key. Get off. 
Um, DaddyLeagues.com, LeagueCrawler.com, both Poppy and Matt are two of my favorite humans um, in the Madden community. I love those guys. They're just good dudes. I haven't actually talked to either one of them in a couple of months, and so I hope all is well um, with this coronavirus for them and their families. But these are two of the great uh, pieces in the Madden community that need to be... um, cornerstones in every Madden player's eyes. Um, I know that there are some new things coming out for like a Daddy Leaks type page, but um, I'm going to be a big supporter of Poppy. He's been a big supporter of ours. Um, And same thing for Matt. I think the most underrated Madden site that you could possibly go be a part of. And then our buddies over at Soden uh, and uh, Soden Bowl and and Shop uh, with Shopmaster, um, two of the just top people in the community creating content around Madden. If you're in the Xbox One community and you're looking for a Madden League that's going to create a lot of opportunities for engagement, a lot of really great content, beautiful content to look at, Soden and Soden Bowl is one of those leagues that you need to go to. I don't know if anybody's watching from there this morning, but Soden, I seen your message. It just was super late. And I didn't have the mental capacity to read. Uh, and then my buddy over at shop over at Shopmaster, he's just following him on Twitter and YouTube and, and Twitch and all his other channels. He just has some really amazing content. Shop, I hope that you're well through coronavirus. I hope all of our people are well here in the OMFL and the Grown Folks Online community. I love you guys. And um, look, this is a tough time for our entire world right now. Um, and I hope that <clears throat> we continue to show patience to each other unless you're Nate and Bill who post blogs wrong and then no patience or grace given. But outside of Nate and Bill and the blog postings, um, let's understand that like we all are like living in a new world right now and tensions can be high. We're not able to get out and about and do our normal stuff and some of us are working crazy hours and just there's a lot of craziness on right now. And uh, you know, I know in my own home I have a senior who's now missed out on his prom. He won't get to walk for graduation. He won't get to finish projects at school. He won't get to see his friends. So um, it's just a lot of stuff, right? A lot of heavy stuff going on for a lot of people. This place is supposed to be a place to unplug. Uh, That's why I dropped some of my little comments. I hate the coronavirus chat in our chat. PM, if you want to talk about that stuff, turn on the news. Like I know where to go find my negative talk if I want it. I don't want that stuff in our chat because I do want it to be a place to unplug. I know we got cops that that play here. Um, we got you know first responders. We got men and women who are doing all kinds of like heavy stuff. I don't want them to have to like come here to talk more about it. And I get some of you are worried and fearful. Um, I would point you into like my other line of my life that I do. Um, come follow my own personal website and Twitter. I encourage you and speak hope into your life. But let's just keep our chats safe, guys. And and I understand we'll talk about it. I, I'm not saying you can't talk about it, but like at some point, like the negativity's got to stop. And like just that fear, I feel it creep into our chat sometimes, and I hate it because I, I don't turn the news on. I don't watch the stuff. It's just like I get it. Let's let this be a place where we can unplug. And if if we're going to be fearful, let's be fearful that our quarterback's out for eight weeks or that you suck because your name's Nate and you suck at Madden. Um, Not because of this coronavirus, because we will come through this. And uh, I understand the summer is probably going to be dead for us here, um, which means we're probably going to get one more season in and then call it quits. 
just because we've all been cooped up for three months and when the summer gets here it's already dead it's going to be double dead because we we're not gonna we want to get out and, and get in you know do things with our families and stuff so we'll figure that out together and then hopefully they make a much better madden 21 whenever it drops in uh, july and august so guys thank you so much for spending your saturdays with me rambling and running around um i'm gonna get out of here before the wife hits me with a, a frying pan uh, i love you guys have a great rest of your week god bless you happy easter too which i didn't even realize was until this week so if you're looking for an easter message go follow me on facebook i'll be doing kind of my church stuff on easter sunday morning at 9 30 a.m central just a little shameless plug for my website and my stuff but i love you guys have a blessed week we'll see you peace